Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors, and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're going to talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing. And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm so glad you're back today. I have a really fun conversation for you. Before we get started, though, have you grabbed my freebie on the key decisions you need to make before starting to write your mystery? If you're thinking about writing a book, a mystery book, and you haven't kind of thought through all of the things that you need to know before you start, you definitely need this freebie. So if you haven't grabbed it yet, go to kateconti.com. That's C-A-T-E-C-O-N-T-E.com and grab it today. So today's conversation is one that I think you're really going to find inspiring, enlightening, and hopeful. My guest today is passionate about art, writing, a number of creative endeavors, really. But she's brought together art and writing in a way that has healed her own soul and promises to bring healing to so many others with her book. Cindy Ingram is a writer, artist, poet, podcaster, educator, and entrepreneur. She's the author of Art is About Being Whole, a memoir. Connecting with works of art and crafting innovative learning activities, she's dedicated her life to bringing the magic of art connection to others. A former art museum educator, art teacher, and the founder of Art Class Curator, she is passionate about taking art out of dark, stuffy lecture halls and bringing it into the hearts and minds and lives of everyone that she meets. She measures her success with the volume of tears shed. Isn't that beautiful? I love this, and I love everything about Cindy's story. I know you're going to, too. It's heartfelt, it's hard, and it really shows the power of art, writing, and connecting or reconnecting with your creative purpose. I can't wait for you to hear it, so let's jump in. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited because I love talking about creative recovery, and I feel like your story is definitely one of creative recovery. So tell us about you and about your memoir 
and how you got here and all of that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Cindy Ingram and I am a former art teacher and a former museum educator. And about 10 years ago, it'll be 10 years in um, April, I started a business called Art Class Curator, and it was dedicated to um, helping art teachers teach with works of art because I used to work in museums and I've always had this really passionate connection with looking at works of art and, you know, going to museums and having these big emotional reactions. But when I was in the classroom, I didn't find a lot of resources for that. So I decided to create the thing that I had been missing as a teacher. Um, But along the way of creating this business, I got really trapped in the sort of online marketing world of, um, you know, 10 X your business each year. And you've got to, you've got to keep growing, keep scaling, keep going, keep scaling. And so I was, um, you know, hiring and delegating and doing all the things that all the, all the quote unquote experts were telling me to do. And I got to a place where, um, I stopped, enjoying myself. I stopped writing completely. I mean, I've been, I've been writing my whole life. Even as a child, I would write poems and things. I got to the point where I couldn't even write a couple sentences. I would just delegate that off to my team. I'm like, Oh, I need two sentences that describe what my business does. And I couldn't even do that. Mm -hmm. And, And I wasn't even looking at art anymore, which had been the thing that drove me my whole life. Um, and so I, uh, well, I, when I would look at art, though, it would be about, well, how can I teach it? How can I share it? How could I, you know, whatever, incorporate it into my business, but not looking it up personally. Um, so once I realized that was happening, I had a, couple, a series of a couple really devastating setbacks <laughs> that kind of, you know, one of those things like the universe is like giving you the message and then finally the universe is like, you're not listening. So I'm going to give you really hard. Um, and so I kind of got knocked on, knocked over. And spent a couple of years really in, in a pretty deep burnout. And one of the things that I realized in that burnout was that I had lost my creativity, that I had lost my ability to write, to look at art, you know, like the thing, the things that drove me. And so I really started to kind of piece my life back together, thinking about what, like, what was most important. And that's when I decided to start writing to, to process it. You know, it was really hard to start writing again. Um, and the book was going to be about my it was going to be an art education book, but along the way, it sort of became a memoir and um, chronicling basically my journey of mental health from a place of like really high anxiety, shame, trauma to a place of um, loving and accepting who I am. The the book is called Art is About Being Whole, a memoir. And and each chapter is a different work of art that I... um, interpret as I tell my story. So it's, it is a kind of about art too. And by the end of it, I'm finally making art again for the first time in like 20 years <laughs> and writing poems too, which is the whole story I can get into. So that's amazing. I, I love yeah. that so much. Um, it, and it's just fascinating, right? I, I think just hearing you say that you decided to start writing again. And even though I, you know, art was your, your initial medium, I love the I love just what writing can do for people. And I'm curious when you started writing, did you go into it? Like I'm going to write this book or did you just pick up your journal and say, I got to get some of this crap out of my head? It was, I'm going to write this book. (laughs) It Mm. really was. And I, I was so averse to journaling, which is so funny because as a child, 
I filled journal after journal. I, I wrote an entire journal to my, my boyfriend, now husband, like we were away from each other for a summer and I wrote him an entire like journal. That's the type of stuff. And I kept another journal for me too. Like I, it was, but like, you know, in all of the, you know, during my burnout or during, during my business, I would have coaches and different things and they would all be like, Hey, now journal on this. I'd be like, okay. You know, and I would start to write and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't journal. And, and so I think what helped me with the book is that it did feel like journaling because it was a memoir. It, and I, and I did sometimes just have to write about what I was going through just to get through to what I needed to write about. Um, but it gave me, some structure mm. that helped me, um, it, it made it have a point, I think, yeah. <laughs> which helped me, um, do it better, yeah. I guess. What um, do you think it was that was, that was like actually preventing you from putting your pen to paper or your fingers to keyboard, or, you know, whatever, however you, you choose to write, like what, what do you think was the deepest thing that was behind that for you? I think it was that I had become, very, um, unaligned or misaligned or whatever the correct word is, um, with my business and what I was trying to accomplish. And I was, um, really, you know, doing all of the things that all the business coaches were telling me to do, but, you know, if I were to look back now and, and think about like, how did it feel in my body to like sell that way, the way they were telling me to sell and to write the way that they were telling me to write, like it didn't feel right to me. Mm. Um, and so I would use their scripts. I would, and then, and then I also hired someone on my team who's a beautiful writer. And so I was able to, (laughs) and I was able to just kind of be like, well, onto like a voice message. I'm like, here's the gist of what I want to say. And then she would make it into beautiful words. So like that helped too. But I really think it was that when I tried to write and it's the same as when I tried, when I look at art, I can't hide from who I am. Mm. And so when I try to write and I couldn't do it, it, I think it was because it was like, that's when I'm going to find out or, or it's like, uh, like the inside of me knew something was wrong. And if I started to write, then I would have to acknowledge that it was wrong. And I think it was just kind of a denial place mm. too. That's fascinating. So, yeah. yeah. So your, your book just sounds really interesting because it, it sounds really unique of like taking a piece of art yeah. and making it into a narrative. So tell, give us an example of, of how that plays out in the book. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I have a, a couple of really fav- my favorite examples, but since I've already been talking about my burnout, I'll use that one. Um, the artwork that I chose. So, you know, any chapter kind of has a general theme, you know, of things I'm working through. Like when I'm talking about shame and there's a two Frida's two Frida's by Frida Kahlo. I'm kind of talking about that. Um, but the artwork that I chose for talking about my burnout and how I kind of stopped writing and everything was the painting from the poster of the movie Jaws. And so it's that big giant shark, you know, everybody kind of knows that poster, that shark's coming up from the bottom. And then there's this woman swimming along the top and, you know, it's, she's kind of about to get eaten. And, and so like, I'm telling the story of, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grow this business and I'm working around the clock and I'm working so hard, at, but I'm seeing, but like, there's a bunch of red flags, you know, the red flags that they put out 
at the water telling you not to go into the water because there's sharks in the water. Mm. Like I was ignoring all of those red flags. And, and so it was really, that was the most fun to write of that chapter because like the shark metaphors and the beach metaphors and the, like all of the metaphors were available to me. It was so fun to like, you know, it was like the lighthouse of my well-being. You know, I was just like going full into the metaphor. Um, so, yeah, so like I'll, I'll talk about my story and then I'll kind of tie it back into the, the interpretation of the painting and I'll talk about it a little more. And then, you know, like some the metaphor kind of weaves in and out. And then that one was fun, too, because everybody knows the song. So mm. then I got to incorporate the song into it. And it was like I, I have it in there and it's like I wrote Donna and then it's like, um me working around the clock, donut, me getting chronic migraine head angst, donut, I'm itching all over, donut, you know, like, and then it's like, and then I start getting in all caps that it's like, um, and then, and then the last line is like, Chrissy, st- Chrissy was the name of the swimmer. Chrissy stops um, swimming and Bruce got the next meal. So it's like, uh, oh, and I got to talk about, sorry, I had so much fun. I mean, just a writing podcast. So I'm sure writers are like, oh, you know, and it's just so fun. But like you know, the when Chrissy was swimming, I, I got to write about like, you know, when she's swimming, like what if she kept swimming forever? Event, you know, at first she's got the adrenaline, she's got the excitement, like, you know, she's, she's nude swimming in the water and like how exciting that is. But eventually like her muscles would tire, her, her adrenaline would wear out, like, she would slow down like uh, not so it kind of I got to use the metaphor of her swimming the whole time too to um Mm -hmm. into my burnout story that's really cool it was so fun (laughs) that one was I love talking about that chapter I'm like oh so fun to write I wish every chapter was that fun to write yeah all right so that was a fun one do you have like a (laughs) do you have a a sad one that you want to share yeah well there was I think the entire not necessarily sad yeah I mean it was really like writing a memoir, especially one where it's about your mental health, mm. you have to f- refeel and relive all the things that, that you're writing about so that you can write about them. Yeah. You know, I was like, uh, I need to remember what it felt like. And so, um, it was that that's, it's the second chapter when I was kind of in the depths of my sort of, um, social anxiety and shame. Like I had to write about that. And I, and I used to, I had a class in college that I couldn't go to. And I didn't know at the time that I was having panic attacks on the way to the classroom. I look back, I'm like, Oh, I sure enough was having a panic attack, but I didn't know what a panic attack was then. Um, but I would like reach for the door of the classroom and I like, couldn't get my arm to even like turn the doorknob and like just writing it. Like I could feel those same like electric jolts through my limbs as I felt then. Um, and so it became a lot of process of like, regulating my nervous system after writing, you know, after having to write that, I would have to like go take a walk, go calm down, you know, like realize that I'm, I'm safe now. That was the past. This is, you know, there was a lot of moments like that. I had to like go back to therapy just to kind of reprocess a lot of things that I kind of thought I had already processed. Yeah. Um, so it's fascinating. And then also life threw me Every chapter, life threw me something related to that chapter. They're like, "Oh, you think you you think you figured this out? Here's another challenge, <laughs> directly related to what you're writing about." Mm. And it was, I felt like a witch at some point. I'm like, "Am I making all of this happen?" It was, it was wild. It was such a journey. It is funny how the universe kind of knows when it's time to throw something back in our path. I've been experiencing that lately too, not in a, in the context of a book, but just in life. And where you think like, Oh, 
I conquered this. And then yes. the universe is like, oh, no, honey. <laughs> you never really do. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's look at that again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And well, and a lot of it too, especially mental health and especially like my story was there was a lot of like emotional suppression. And so there's a lot of times where I'm like, did this happen this way? Like, mm-hmm. is this real? And, and so I think a lot of those things that popped up were, were there to show me like, oh yes, it was real. Like what you're writing about was true. It was real. Um, keep going. You know, I think a lot that sometimes that's what it felt like. Um, cause there's a lot of internal gaslighting that started to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, uh, that's fascinating, right? So how you talk about processing it and I, mm-hmm. I get that, but like, how, how do you do that? You know, cause there's so many things oh. that we, that we, we do sometimes feel like, am I, am I crazy right now? Like, and you can't get out of your own way to get past it, whether it's, you know, again, writing or just something in, in life. So how do you process that enough to be able to get it down somewhere? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I personally have learned that I need lots of support systems. Um, and I have them for every area of my life, but when writing the book, you know, I, I went back to therapy, so I had a therapist and then I had a, a book coach, um, who helped me specifically with the book, who ran a writing group that, so I got to see her very right. Not in addition to our one-on-one calls, I got to see her there. I had, um, another coach, a business coach who also had just written a book. So she also had gone through it recently. And so she was there to help me. Um, and then I had my friends who, when, you know, it's like when it was a personal thing that I needed to work through, I had them to talk to. And it's not like I'm trauma dumping on everybody, but it was just, you know, there, and, and, and I paid these, most of these people to, to support me in it. And, you know, I, it was a lot of money and I, and I'm, it's not paid off. You know, yeah. <laughs> I did a debt for it, but like, I could not have done it without that level of support. Um, because if you're just kind of left on your own and especially if you're not used to, um, the, you know, having all of the tools from like past therapy experiences and stuff, uh, it's really, yeah, it's really triggering, uh, in a lot of ways. And I could imagine that there would have been many times if I didn't have those support systems in place that I would have quit, or I would have at least paused for a long time. But I also made the commitment when I started that I was going to show up every day to the writing group. And I was like, I'm going to come no matter what, no matter how I feel. And even if I just sit there for an hour, at least I've I have engaged with the content and I also, you know, making that commitment to myself too, to not, not letting the hard parts overtake me and also remembering the good parts too, like remembering that Jaws chapter and how magical it felt when I wrote it. Cause you know, there's just, there was other serendipi- serendipitous <laughs> things that happened um, with that chapter. So it's like anchoring myself in the mission of what, I, why I'm writing um, remembering that th- there are good times and then leaning on all the support when I need it. Yeah. Yeah. So as writers too, right. And artists of any kind, we're all familiar with the inner critic and, you know, those voices that tell yes. us, you know, no, this isn't any good. How I, I can imagine that it might've been hard sometimes to differentiate the inner critic from some of these other things that were coming up for you. Can you talk about that? Oh yeah. Especially cause my inner critic, um, is someone I know, but someone from my, from my, my childhood, um, you know, her voice is very strong and it's, 
Yeah. I think that too is having my book coach there, Mm -hmm. um, in those cases, because I think at, especially at the beginning when I forgot that I'm a good writer, like I knew at one point in my past before all the burnout, like I knew I was a good writer. Um, but then I had lost, you know, I'd lost her for a long time. And so it, it took a lot of confidence building at the beginning and, that like inner critic of uh, one, you're no good at this. Um, everybody's going to think you're a fraud. Everybody is going to think that you're self-indulgent for writing a memoir. And who are you to so special that your story is more important and worth being told? Like, you know, like all of those things. Um, I don't know how I would distinguish them from other things. They, they, they really do <laughs> just melt together. Um but having that sort of consistent support of, of, of my coach saying, uh, or, or me worrying, I'm like, is this coming off rude to my family? Or is this, um, does this sound narcissistic or does that, you know, or whatever it is. And, and she, you know, having that sort of objective person saying, um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, or, and, and then sometimes when it does, she's like, oh, that sounded a little snarky. Let's maybe, maybe cut that or change that. Or is there a way we can soften that a little bit? So it was good having like that, that objective person who does not, and if she has a stake in it because she did help me publish the book, but like she, she's not so close to the material as I am, you know, cause mm. I lived it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big exercise in writing of any kind, right? Even fiction to some extent, which is what I write, you know, it's, it's an exercise in vulnerability because yeah. you know, either way it's going to be out there being judged, hopefully, if you can get it out into the hands of other people. But I imagine I have not written memoir myself yet. Uh, I do have something kicking around in my brain that, mm. you know, maybe you're inspiring me to write it, but, um, <laughs> it, it's definitely a different level of vulnerability. Um, yeah. and so do you think that enhances the creative process? Yes. I don't know exactly how to answer your question, but I, I think one of the themes of my book from start to finish is how I learned to be vulnerable and how I did keep that, um, down and push that away. And it didn't feel safe to be vulnerable. And, and then I did learn how, and then I think that, I knew through the writing of the book that if one of my main messages of the book is how I learned to be vulnerable, the most important thing for me to do while writing the book is to be vulnerable. Um, and so like, if, for example, there was one, there was one chapter that I was not going to put in the book. Cause I was like, this is too personal. I don't, I was like, I don't think I can share this yet. It's too, it's kind of too new. It's a little too raw. Mm-hmm. There's other people involved. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but once I, once I got that, it was, the book was mostly finished and I was like, this is a very important like moment. It's, it's a chapter about my, about my uh, marriage. And I was like, this is too important of a story and I I got too many lessons from it to leave it out. Um, 
And so I was like, I ha- if I'm going to be true to the message of the book, which is that vulnerability is important and vulnerable communi- and open communication is important, a chapter about being vulnerable and open communi- in communication with your husband, I'm like, that's a really important thing to include. So like, yeah, I've had people ask me, like, they're like, that one must have been really scary to include that in the book. And I was like, yeah, it really was. I did have my husband read it. We talked it through. Like we made sure that, you know, he was okay with everything that I put, yeah. but it was still like... Um, it was important to like fully lean into that vulnerability if, since that is like a key fundamental message in the book, I guess. Yeah. And I think people can tell, right. You know, we talk a lot about authenticity and, and showing up as ourselves and, but I think people can tell when the message doesn't quite meet the medium. Right. And then we're not totally being that authentic self that we're saying we're being right. So yeah, there's like this Instagram, like perfect Mm. portrayal. And I'm, you know, if if I were to write a book, that's like, here's all this like perfect stuff about my life. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what life is. Yeah. It never is. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, this is Julian, the producer for the get writing podcast. Zencaster is an extremely important part of our workflow on this show. Podcasting has you working with a wide range of people who all have different computer and office setups, different levels of comfort with technology, and different levels of time and patience. Zencaster takes this big logistical headache and makes it utterly trivial. No more grappling with recording software, waiting for files to be delivered, losing files, none of that. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you've ever thought about podcasting and thought that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform. You can create your show all in one place and then distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and all the other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code writing and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So what's the response been to, to the book so far? Have people, you know, what are, what are they saying to you about it? Oh, it's beautiful. Um, well, most, <laughs> I, I've had only one bad reaction, but that was from someone close to it. Um, <laughs> but I won't go. I won't go. We won't even consider that a, a, a official review. Yeah, that person read into read into it yeah. more than they should have. Um, but know that everybody that has read it that has talked to me has been um, so. They've just gotten such beautiful comments and beautiful reviews. And one of the things that was so amazing for me to hear was that, you know, when you write a book, there's so many decisions that go into it about the structure and about like, you know, like repetition of theme and how you, you have this one imagery here and then you reuse it over here in a different way. And like as a way to sort of pull the story back together and like, you know, there's all these sort of things that you do to make a book and like people are picking up on those things and noticing those things. And they're like, Oh, I love how, you know, you did this. And then you did that later. And I was like, oh. I was like, you, you noticed that? I was like, I very deliberately did that for this very specific reason. And you caught that. And so like the, and then, you know, I, I, my early readers that I sent the book to before it came out, 
um, I think like six of them used the word devoured. Hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's amazing. Like one person was like, I burnt my dinner. She was like, cause I was good. I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. And another person says she was like walking to her bed and she was just like walking across her house. Just like, and then she got to her bed and was just standing next to her bed, reading the book, you know, holding it up. And I was, you know, it's just, it feels, um, I was, I thought I'd be so scared to have people read it. Um, but I really was, wasn't as scared as I thought I would be. I was, you know, the, the, the one bad reaction I did get, like, I was scared about that person reading it, but it was like, I think anybody would be, um, but like, yeah, uh, the responses have been amazing. And I, mm. I just, I want to get more of them. I'm like, tell me, Emily, tell me everybody who reads it, you have to send me a message. Cause I just, it's, I thought that would be terrifying, but really has been so exciting. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like, yeah. are, are there are there certain things that you're hoping people will take away from it related to their own journeys, aside from you being able to convey your own struggles and, and yeah. relating to people? Yeah, and it is. It's kind of like I have a threefold mission in it. It's like, one, I'm telling my story. And then two, I want people to learn how to connect with art in the way that I connect with art. And that's really important because I, I connect with art in a different way than a lot of people do. Um, but really, and it's probably the most important of the three is, is that I want people to see themselves in it. And, um, I have, I've gotten a lot of feedback that people are finding themselves in it and they're re thinking about their life in a, a different way, or, you know, it, it made them, um, inspired or hopeful about a certain part of their life. And so it's, it's really, um, and that's, it's just, that's what art is to me. It, it's, it's a relationship between the person who made the art and the person who's looking at the art or the person who wrote the art versus them who's reading it. Like it, there's, it's more than just, yeah, I'm reading a story. Um, but it's, I'm finding myself in that story. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mostly only read fiction, but like so many of the fiction books that I read during the course of this book, like made their way into the book somehow. That's how the shark chapter actually started. It was a line from remarkably bright creatures. And it was like, there is this magic that happens when a person and an artwork engage and, and it's unpredictable because every person is unpredictable. And so it's just really fun to see all the people and, and experiencing, you know, how my book is meeting them in different ways. It's really cool. Yeah. That's what I'm passionate about, you know? Yep. No, it is fascinating. So. Cause even like you said, in a work of fiction, like I've had people write to me about you know, one of my books and say something about, oh, you know, the character when she said X, it, you know, it struck me as, as this. And it's like, I never even thought of that, but people bring their own experiences yeah. and put their own life, uh, happenings onto our, our work. Right. And it's just, it's kind of wild to think about it. Yeah, it is. And, and a lot of artists are pretty uncomfortable with that notion that, 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 the, the viewers are doing that. And that's why, like, I, I even had one of the artists from the, that I was going to include in the book, turn it down. They didn't want their art to be in my book because they were like, no, I only, they only accept um, people who are in, ac or in academia, including their art. And I was like, well, 
<laughs> this is, uh, that's not what art is. Like yeah. art is, is about, there is two sides to it. There is the person on the other end and they're going to get whatever they get from it. And I always say to, to the teachers I work with and to the people I work with in my programs outside of teachers is that like, once the artwork leaves the artist's hands, you don't have control of it anymore. Exactly. It's not yours. It becomes theirs. Like it's both yours and it's theirs at the same time. And so what they get from it is what they get from it. So even the one person that had a bad reaction to my book, like, I mean, if I were to follow my own advice, I'm like, well, she, she's right to have her own reaction as much as I hate it. Um, but it's, but that's the nature of art. And that's, that's, and that's what art is. It's, it's a human connecting with a human. There's, there's always someone on the other side, I guess, unless you don't share your art, but yeah. But art is made to be shared, right? Or it's supposed to yeah. be supposed to be shared. And I do think that sometimes the this, you know, perfectionism thing in in writers that keep them from sharing their stories is is really about a control thing and how people are gonna receive it, right? Yes. Um, which, you know, I, I've read a lot of things actually lately of that, you know, that reminder of, you know, if you're called to do this thing, it's your responsibility to put it out in the world. And if you're withholding that, it's, it's actually selfish because somebody needs yes. that. Yes. 100%. I, I believe that. Like we have like artists, writers, musicians have, there's something in you that's like, this has to be, this has to be said and it has to be said in this way. And it has to be said by me. And there's so many people in the world walking around with that feeling mm. that just don't do anything with it because they're too scared. Yeah. Um, and I love, like, if you, if you view it as your responsibility to some, the, to the person out there that needs it, um, that changes a lot. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully someone's listening yeah. <laughs> that has that and they're going to start right now. Totally. And I believe that we're here, like in, in these, the time that we're here, because we're supposed to interact with other people that are also here in this time that we're here. Like I, I say this all the time about my, my favorite band, which I, I adore the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm a, I've been, you know, a groupie <laughs> for like 30 years, but I, sometimes I'm just like, I'm so happy that I was here on the planet at the same time as them because their Aww. music really enriched my life for all these years. Right. Um, yeah. and I think it's, that's so true for a lot of things. Like we're here to touch other people in some way. Yeah. And they, and that's that, like the Goo Goo Dolls, that probably, I don't mean, I don't know them personally, but they had that same thing, that same like inclination that I have something to give to the world and I, and someone needs to hear what I have to say. Um, I loved it. Uh, did you read um, Dave Grohl's autobiography? I didn't. It's on my oh list. Oh my gosh. Already. Absolutely read it because yeah. it talks about a lot of these same things. I saw a lot of his, um, like his, that like creative force of, of like, I have something that I have to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Like I saw myself so much in a lot of his stories and it was just so beautifully written too. Mm -hmm. like, um, I learned a lot about writing too, by listening to it. He's an incredible writer. So. Okay. I'm going to pick it up today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. It was an audio book. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Does he narrate it? Yes. Oh, cool. All right. Definitely going to get it then. I love audiobooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you find that, that the process of writing the book transformed your business as well? Um, it will. <laughs> I don't think it has yet. I mean, I, ha I have transformed my business 
in a lot of ways, but I think it's still too early to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have at the same time as writing the book, I started making art again. And at the same time as writing the book, I also created a, a program called the art connection circle, which is basically like we get in a group and we talk about our, it's like a book club, but with art, mm-hmm. um, we get, in a, we get a, sit around and, and look at art and talk about our feelings together basically. And, um, so I kind of started that at the same time as writing this book too. And so that is transforming my business. Um, it's a really beautiful program and a beautiful experience. And then, yeah, I, I have a lot of ideas of where I want it to go, but it is very much focused on this direction of what the book is. And, um, now that it's out, like, it was like my creativity was like waiting Mm -hmm. until the book was out before it like allowed me to really fully engage with what I want to be next. So it's only been, I guess a month and seven days since it was released. So time will tell. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you have other books planned? Are you looking to keep writing or what's your, I do. I woke up in the middle of the night in August with my idea for my next book. So I I have started it and it's, um, it's going to be really similar to the one I have, um, now, but it's not, it's not going to be a memoir, but it's going to be like a, uh, was like lessons that I've learned, like life lessons that I'm also telling my story through, but with art, but it's more like what I, I got the idea. Cause I was like, what do I want my children to like, know as they become adults, you know, like what, mm-hmm. not like how to do banking, but like, you know, how to not, how to not be a perfectionist or how to not take things so seriously, or like, like how to not hide your personality, like kind of big things that I kind of had to learn, um, through a lot of, uh, failure, which they'll still have to learn through a lot of failure. Like reading one book's not going to like cure them of all the need to have life lessons, but no, but it um, actually sh- yeah. will show them what, what they should be thinking, because sometimes we don't even know the things that we don't know or what we should be thinking about that we have to like get ahead of. Right. Yeah. I think about that too. Like I, I look back and I'm like, God, I wish I knew X, but I didn't even, yes. I had no idea that was even a thing to go get help about. <laughs> Yeah. Like I was struggling with anxiety for years and years, not even knowing that anxiety was a thing. Like I just, something was happening to my body and it was terrifying, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was because it was the early 2000s and we didn't have the internet to look it up on. People thought we didn't have, people weren't being vulnerable on the internet yet. Um, No, same. And I, I realized over the past couple of years that my family has, um, Uh, a really big problem with codependency. And there were things that that I was doing in my life and I'm still doing, and I'm still trying to figure out that now I can see like what it is and what, but I had no idea. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't think a lot of people even knew that was a thing or if they did even understood what it was, I'm still understanding exactly what it is, but it's just, it's it's so interesting because you, the more I think we talk about these things and, and show people there's no shame in them, the more people can understand what they might be coming up against and give them some way into figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's what's next. I, right now I I want it to be in letter form, like a series of letters. Cause I just recently read, um, tiny, beautiful things. And I just really loved that. But, um, I don't know if it'll stay as letters, but I'm documenting the process on Substack, but I've only written two things. So (laughs) I will, I will be writing about the the writing process too, just because that sounds fun to me as well. That's very cool. And actually that was going to be my next question. So from the actual technicalities of like writing the book, what did you take away from the first one that you're going to 
you know, bring to the second one? Did you figure out what your process is? Do you have a process? Yeah. The, I think the number one, the number one thing is the commitment to show up every day. And I'm not at that place for the new book yet. I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm just letting myself rest still. So I'm kind of just tinkering. Um, but I know a time will come very soon where I'll be like, okay, now is the time that I'm officially writing this book. And now that means that I have to show up to my writing group every day. Mm. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's, it's every day, um, Monday through Friday. And I do not miss, I never missed it. Um, maybe if I was sick, maybe if my, you know, I had a, my kid had a doctor's appointment that I absolutely couldn't schedule around, but like that's, I make that, that's the number one commitment because that moved me forward more than anything. And then the other thing was having people to talk to, like having that support system. I think that's, that was the most important thing. And that's what I'm hoping to also use the sub stack for, because I also sometimes, you know, I, I would be using a work, an artwork and I'd be like, I'm missing something here. Like, and so I would put the artwork up on my, my Facebook page. I'd be like, what do y'all think about this artwork? Can we interpret it together? And people would interpret it. And they, someone would say something. And I was like, ah, that's what I was, you know, that's the, there's, I knew there was something there that I wasn't seeing. And so I'm going to be using this Substack for that too, just like to interpret art together and that kind of stuff too. And, um, and so I think that'll be, uh, really fun, but yeah, making the commitment to do it. Um, and I also learned that I can't set timelines on things cause I, I, I set a lot of timelines and failed every single one, but as long as I'm showing, showing up every day, eventually the book will get done. And yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. It takes us. Someone said to me a long time ago when I was trying to get my first book published or even get a, you know, get a new draft written, it takes as long as it takes. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes you can't say that. Like if you have a deadline and you know, like a publishing house is waiting for it, <laughs> that might be not okay with them. But, um, there is some truth to that, right? You have to give yourself the time to do it well yeah. and do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If I would have been given a deadline and made to stick with it, the book would not even be half as good as it ended up being. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there were just times that it just needed, it just needed more, it just needed more time. You yeah. know, some chapters I wrote real fast, like the Jaws chapter I wrote so fast, but others took a really long time because I had to like emotionally deal with the content of the chapter and that just yes. took a long time. Yep. So for someone out there who's thinking about putting something in memoir form, but they're a little scared to do it, what would you tell them? Um, just do it. <laughs> just go ahead and do it. But, and also remember that like, whatever you write now, no one's going to see it until you've put it together and in the book and put it out. So you always have the option to remove it. Um, if, if something feels like, oh, you're too scary to share, but right now just go ahead and write it because you don't know, you don't know where that's going to lead. Um, and just, you know, if you want to do it, do it now, start now. Cause it's a beautiful process and it will change you in unmeasurable way, immeasurable, unmeasurable, immeasurable ways. Mm. I love yeah. that. Thank you so much for being here. It was great talking Thanks to you and I love me. hearing about your work. I, I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, Thank you. Before we go, can you just tell people where they can find you and where they can find your book? Yes. So the book is available on you know, Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble. You can also buy a signed copy on my website. If you go to artisaboutbeingwhole.com, that, that's where you'll find um, links to my book. And you also, I have a podcast and 
Um, the sub stack that I'm writing will eventually be linked up on there. I'm realizing right now that it's not, but it will be. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook. If you just search for Cindy Ingram and I'm also on Instagram, my, my handle is uh, art and self. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your experience with the world. All right. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Cindy. And I hope you pick up her book. I feel like she can teach us all so much. One thing that I took away from this talk is the relationship to art and feelings and getting that down on paper. And, you know, again, I go back to journaling. This is all connected, right? All this stuff is connected. Art is art, whatever medium it's in and however you can bring it together to work through your stuff. I think it's so important and it doesn't have to be like serious museum art. I mean, her Jaws story was everything, right? So if you love art and you've been denying yourself those moments of getting lost in it, get back to it. Take an artist date. And if you don't know what that is, go back and listen to episode 34, how to take back the fun in your writing practice. I'd love to hear what your takeaway is from this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram at Liz McGavro and let me know, or head over to kateconti.com and send me a message through my website. And if you, if you want to take time to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to be off next week for the holiday, but we'll see you back here the following week. Bye. Bye.